Welcome to the fight with Teddy Atlas presented by Dynamic Striking. I'm Ken Rideout, joined as always by the great philanthropist and voice of MMA, the great Teddy Atlas, and today's very special guest, another philanthropist, dad, husband, professional face puncher, and all-around great guy, the Diamond Dustin Poirier, third member of our broadcast team. Dustin, welcome to the show. Thank you guys for having me on, man. Hey, hey, Dustin. I think this is your record 20th appearance. Dude, I, anytime I see a text message from one of you guys, I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> You're the best. Thank you, Dustin. I'm sorry I held you up a little bit today. Um, that My technology skills um, came to the surface again, or lack of skills came to the surface again when at the last minute we had to scramble around here um, because we just got notification that my family is COVID positive uh, and I couldn't have the camera guy come in here if, uh, if you know, with that, even though it was not supposed to be contagious anymore because it's been three days since the symptoms, but I had to obviously let him know and he was about 20 minutes away. He immediately turned his car around. I hope he didn't cause an accident <laughs> on the highway. Um, I'm, I'm praying to God that didn't happen. But um, And then me being so nervous about technology and so just so ignorant of it, such a caveman, I immediately ran to my daughter and said, you, you got you to gotta help out here. She said, Dad, it's no big deal. It's okay. We'll put it on the iPad, and um, it's okay. I can do this. Uh, I went to law school. I can handle this. I said, oh, all right, okay. And here we are. So the delay is a little bit, but thank you for bearing with us and um, putting up with my lack of uh, technological skills. I try to make up for it in um, more um, primitive ways, like uh, fighting. Right. Right. No problem at all, man. Um, good to see you doing, you know, relatively well, though. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm fine. It's just it's this new uh, variant that I guess everybody's got it. Uh, it, it seems uh, that it's spreading like wildfire, but it's more like just to, to be honest, it's like a case of the flu. You know, it's funny right. if, if we didn't know all the things we know now, obviously, about the COVID and now with the variants, we, we would just say we were sick with the flu. We would just, you know, deal with the way we've dealt with it for, for many, many years. Right, right. But uh, good thing for you, didn't they just uh, recently change the, the quarantine timing? Yeah, it's less. Yeah, I think It's so. less now. They have decreased the quarantine time to like five days. So obviously I'm past that now. Uh, and... As, even though I'm pretty primitive for my knowledge beyond boxing, I I don't think you guys can catch it either. You guys should be. <laughs> I, I I think you guys would be safe. Um, how's your family? First of all, my family's great. Um, everyone's healthy. Um, yeah, yeah we, we've been pretty good here. My first question, right out of the box, then Dustin, uh, as I said. Uh, sorry I'm a little late but thank you for coming on with us and you know the way I have to say it is um, you've, always, you've always you've always been in on with us in the past as, as Ken just said 
uh, after a win always. But uh, no surprise here knowing, obviously, your character and the kind of person you are that you came on here after a tough loss as soon as we asked you. And that's the next question. How are you feeling physically? Obviously, you look great. But more importantly, how are you, how are you feeling mentally? Um, obviously, after something so difficult. Yeah, physically, I'm fine. Um, mentally, over the last, I mean, to be honest with you, over the last two and a half, three weeks, uh, I've been better. You know, I'm still kind of trying to figure everything out, kind of soul searching, uh, looking in the mirror. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, honestly, I'm still trying to figure it out. I'm still trying to figure it all out. Well, what are you having the most difficulty with? Seeing the, the, the lining of, of what, what I'm going to learn from this, what is the lesson in this one? Um, and, and also uh, looking in the mirror and asking myself, what happens next? You know, that's the big question. What happens next for me? Because if I'm out of the title picture, you know, am I, am I fighting to get myself back there? Or am I fighting for a paycheck? Am I fighting because I love to get in, into fights? That's a big question I have to answer. You know, and I'm still, you know, like I said, trying to process everything. You know, one of the blessings you have with this trip, this journey that continues is that you're blessed with family. You win together, you lose together. And um, what is your, I know your daughter is young. What does your wife say? What is her feeling? She told me, I mean, her and my um, boxing coach told me the exact same thing. Um, they, they both said that they're behind me 100%, whatever I want to do moving forward. And with the right mindset, I can beat anybody in the world. They both told, basically told me the same thing. What's your New Year's resolution? <laughs> I think I kind of, you know, I, I think I know it. I do. I really feel I know you. But um, yeah. I, yeah. I'm not going to set those things, but this this year I was uh, laying on the couch for New Year's and uh, my I set one. I'm trying to, to tighten up my circle. You know, not that I'm spread out too much, but I just I just everyone knows what I'm doing at all times. I, I, I allow myself to be very easily accessible to anyone who I've met in the past. You know, I'm, I have hundreds of text messages a day that I respond to. I don't leave anybody unread. Uh, just stop overextending myself and, and tighten it up a little bit. Yeah, you know, that's funny that you say that. That that would be your answer. Um, because one of my, you see me shuffling my pages here. So I moved forward to a question that I had saved for later. But because of what you said, I'm going to pop up that question right now. Um, and it's... Uh, it's a question of putting life into perspective, sort of, for me. Uh, you know that old saying, you don't truly know who your friends are until you're in a position that, you know, sometimes isn't such a great position to be in. Uh, you know, that old saying about, uh, you know, where when you're down and the weather's not quite as sunny as it has been, you know, uh, are your friends, who's there? You know, have you have you gone through some of that? You know, I, I've I have a pretty solid support team and, and 
the friendships I've, I've, I have, you know, everybody's super supportive. So I haven't really felt like, I haven't really felt that. I think everybody's been, been pretty supportive, man. I, I'm thankful for that. Wasn't it Cuss who said, who said who's in the locker room after, after a loss? Didn't he say yeah. that? Yeah. 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 Look around who's in there. And, um, it sometimes it gets emptied out a bit. Uh, there's less people. Has that have some of that happened with you? No, I, I, I and I thought that's what it was going to be. Honestly, on the way home, flying back here to Louisiana after this loss, I felt like I let a lot of people down. I, I, of course, including myself. But I just thought I was going to get back to Lafayette, Louisiana, and people were going to look at me in a different way. Um, but I, I was wrong, man. People have been very supportive. Yeah, well, that's they really have. That speaks obviously to the person you are and who you've been through your losses and through your success, that you've earned that right. You know, you've learned, you've earned that ability to have that kind of support, to have people stick with you, rightfully so. Hey guys, want to take a quick pause to give a thank you to today's sponsor, Athletic Greens, the all-in-one daily drink to support better health and peak performance. I love this stuff. As you guys know, I've been beating the drum on these guys for a long time. I take it every single day. Um, It tastes great. Makes me feel good. They spent 10 years with top nutritionists and doctors to create this formula. It's made from 75 whole food sourced ingredients. I consider it like an insurance policy for my body's health and immunity. Um, It's all you need to stay on top of your immunity system with 12 servings of fruits and vegetables. There's no need for multivitamins or whatever else you may be taking. Athletic Greens has you covered with their all-in-one drink. Athletic Greens has given our listeners 10 free travel packs with your first purchase. So whether you're looking to boost your energy levels, support your immune system, or address gut health, Athletic Greens is the way to go. Simply visit athleticgreens.com slash atlas to claim the special offer of 10 free travel packs with your first purchase. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash atlas. Today's episode is also brought to you by the people at BetterHelp. I love BetterHelp. If you're struggling with your mood or if there's something mentally that's keeping you from achieving your goals, be sure to check out BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, to improve your mental game. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. This is not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's, a ther- it's therapy done online in the privacy of your own home. Once you're set up with BetterHelp, you can log into your account anytime, send a message to your therapist. You'll get timely, thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't have to wait or wait around in a, in a waiting room or sit in an uncomfortable uh, waiting room like you would with traditional therapy. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Check them out at betterhelp.com atlas to get 10% off your first month. Join the over 2 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an ex- experienced professional. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Atlas for 10% off your first month. Obviously, with the amount of fights that you've had and the, and the level of success you've had, there, there, had to be, um, there had to be some questions or thoughts from some places, you know, whether or not you would retire. Um, before, before, after the fight, for, for not even considering the result of the fight, but even before the fight, uh, was that was that something in your mind? You know, and and has it been something in your mind before the fight or after? Yeah, I mean, 
it's it's so it's tough to explain really but it's so my life is so intertwined with with fighting i've been fighting for 15 years and i've been chasing this dream with all of myself i go to sleep thinking about it i wake up thinking about it if i'm i can't even go on vacation without thinking these guys are getting better while i'm sitting back and getting a suntan with my family it was always it was like a cloud always on my mind um i just I, honestly man it's 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 looking at myself and figuring out who i know fighting is just fighting is just something i do but when you do it this long and give it everything you have it becomes who you are in, in a way i always wanted to separate them and, and keep fighting is something i do I'm, I'm other things i'm a father a husband all these other things um but the more i get to this point where i may have to make these big decisions i realize that it's not just something I do. I really am, you know, am fighting. Uh, so to, to say the word retire and think I, I'm going to walk away and never fight again or something like that, I just don't know how to process that in my brain. It doesn't feel right saying it, um, especially at though. I, I just don't know. You know, I, I don't know. But Dustin, we've talked about the ninjas coming over the walls. You and me, we've talked about that. I've talked about it on the show. It's a big part of what we do on this show is breaking down what a fighter goes through, where behind the curtains in the locker room, where people aren't normally uh, aware of such things. They're not privy to such things. And, yeah. um, but if, if you want to talk about in a ninja form, those ninjas are in, in those ways sometimes have they whether or not you want to talk about it or you try to push it away, they do come. They do come. It, it's, it, it's not so much the, the ninjas that are carrying negativity or doubt or um, it, that I'm battling with right now. It's more so because I know I have a lot left. It's just if I want, that's, that's what I'm battling right now. Do I want to? Um, it's, it has nothing to do. I know I can beat these guys. Well, that uh, can be the ninjas, but that can be the ninjas. They come in different forms. They just got a that, different a different uniform on, yeah. Yeah, definitely, 100%. 100%, uh, Dustin. So right now, you know, with, with that being the ninjas, um, where, you know, where are you? Honestly, uh, something, last night something hit me. I woke up with a little bit more. Pepping my stuff. Me and my wife were watching a movie last night on Netflix. It was about an asteroid is coming towards Earth. Um, you know, they had six months before it hits and, and destroys the planet. And and not trying to get deep or, or goofy here, but I was laying down in bed after the movie and I thought that, you know, seeing the way people are reacting on the news uh, on the show about the asteroid, oh, they have six months to live. An asteroid's going to 100% hit the Earth. And what are we going to do in these six months? I thought of, I thought about my fighting career and I thought everybody, not only fighters, but everyone has an asteroid that's coming called Father Time. And it's going to be a direct impact. So I don't have a time frame of when that thing's going to hit, but I know I'm still rocking and rolling right now. So I kind of woke up this morning feeling like I need to make a decision, you know, because it's coming. The asteroid's coming. And uh, I, I really need to figure this out. It sounds to me like You've made up the decision that the part of you that is the boss um, kind of knows at the end of the day. 
um, what that decision has to be. And it sounds like you're going to fight. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know. Also, also sitting back, you know, I, I'm very, I'm happy with my career. Of course, I wanted to be the world champion and be content with that. I walk away and say, I did it all, but uh, I can't, le I can't slow down or stop on a loss. What kind of, I feel like what kind of message would, would I be showing my daughter? You know, you have to get up. You have to get up. I think you've shown her. I, I have to win. Yeah. But I think you've shown her those lessons before. I mean, over and over again. You have, yeah. I mean, for me, you have, because you've been in a situation and you've come back from, from losses before. Matter of fact, if if I'm accurate here, um, 46 fights and you've never lost two in a row. Is that yeah. accurate? That's um, accurate. What's that tell us? You know, besides obviously, you don't like losing too well. You know, you don't, you know, you're not too good a loser. But it's also a sign that perhaps at times, um, there's, I almost hesitate saying this, but maybe at times, especially as you get further down in your career, maybe you need your back up against the wall um, uh, to kind of have that asteroid coming. That's how I feel too. It's like when things are going smooth, I'm on a win streak. It's like, I ha am I sabotaging myself? I don't know what's going on. It's like I, I do something to put myself in a position where I have to fight out of it. Um, but that's just the kind of, honestly, man, the, the, the the best times of my life in training or that want to, to, to be victorious has come in those times when I had to dig down like this and put myself back in the win column or learn from, from a lesson that learn from a loss, getting back in the gym, doing those things. The chase of it ha has been some of the best times, honestly, it's a weird thing to say, but coming from a loss, trying to put yourself back in the win is a good time, but I, I don't know. I'm just a weirdo, I guess. No, you're not a weirdo. You're human. And, you know, you're not a machine. You're not a, you're not an android. You know, no. you don't drink oil, even though some people might think you guys drink oil. Um, you actually do drink water and uh, Gatorade. Uh, that's your it's oil. arthritis, man. I feel like I should be drinking some oil. <laughs> well, that, that, yeah, that I have it in my lower back. So I'm with you, brother. Um, I, you know, I understand. But at the end of the day, Dustin, uh, again, I think you've said to everybody that's going to watch this that, um, that you have to come back. You feel you have to come back. Uh, you feel it's sort of an obligation uh, that you, you, you can't go out that way. Now, well, I don't know if you thought anywhere beyond this, but what would that mean? Would that mean you just get back and you just have a fight and, no. and then see where you go? Or does that mean Dustin Poirier would not do that? Does that mean that you would come back all in, ready to like fight and then move on the way you normally would move on after a fight? That's, that's a difficult one. That's a difficult one. Yeah. I, I mean, does that mean you continue, you continue to go to get another title? Uh, you know, I, or does that just mean you get back, you get a win, and, and then you, you assess things? That's, that's where I'm at. I want a I fight that makes sense. That's going to be an exciting fight that, that gets me excited. Give it my all. 
get my hand raised, and then I reassess and see where I'm at. You're not the same person. Let me just say, you do understand that. Dustin Poirier is not the same exact Dustin Poirier that he's been when he's 46 fights and he's never lost two in a row. You're a different Dustin Poirier now, a much more successful one. You That that changes things a little bit. Yeah, I, I was having a conversation with someone recently about that. Like, dust, getting up and dusting yourself off and, and getting back in the gym and getting back in a fight because you want to and because you have to are two huge, huge, you know, different things. I, I always fought because I had to. I don't, I don't have to now, you know, so that's it. That's, that's what I'm saying. That, yeah. that's, that's what I'm saying. And that, I think, is the battle that you're facing now and the, the truth of the battle and the form of the ninjas that right. we're talking about is that, you know, you, because of your success, because of all that you've put into this, because of uh, what you've overcome, because of what Dustin Poirier has accomplished inside that cage, your family has a much more comfortable life than they did before. And, um, but does Dustin Poirier have a more comfortable life inside himself? That's, I think that's the trick now that, that you, you do, you provide it for your family. You do have, you know, safety. You do have, you know, the ability to be comfortable now, but that sometimes can be the enemy of a fighter. It, it, I, yeah, I feel that, man, because I'm, I'm thankful that everybody's good. They're good. Um, you know, we're in a good position, but like you said, it's, it's sometimes I feel like I'm at war with myself because my best times that I felt the best were when I was chasing the dream, when I didn't have money in, in my pocket and I just had hope and a, and a, and a way to make it happen was fighting. And I lost myself in that, you know, those are my happiest times chasing the, the journey. People always say it's not about the destination. It's about the journey. It sounds you know, silly to say, but it's true. The, the older I get, the more fights I've been in, I realize that, you know, I, I really do. But in the in that moment, you, in that moment, you don't appreciate it. You want a tip from me? Just What's spontaneous. That? Just sitting here talking and listen, for, for full transparency, we're both honest people. Um, we, I care about you. We, we have a decent relationship. I've reached out to you when you're when you're lost, you know, yeah. I never want to be phony to people out there um, in any way, but um, there's still been a lot of open um, space that hasn't been closed. But I, I have contacted you and me, did text back and forth um, where, you know, just a friend would do to see if a friend's okay. But as we're speaking now, my thought is this. Just as I'm listening again to you, you don't have to be broke to be broke. You know, I know it's an age old, um, you know, saying and and sort of just uh, understanding that you have to be hungry to make it in these kind of businesses. And there's truth, obviously, yeah. to that. But and along the lines of what we're talking about. But you don't have to be broke to be broke. 
your your bank account could be at zero inside yourself. And meanwhile, mm-hmm. it could be very high inside the place that obviously is going to affect you in real life. Um, but and and affect your family. But the thing in the place that's gonna affect you personally, you can you can be prone. And I almost think you have to allow yourself to be broke if you're going to do this. Does that make yeah. any sense to you? For sure. Yeah. You, you, where <laughs> you're, you're going to have to be that Dustin Poirier that doesn't have what Dustin Poirier needs to have to be able to live. And it's got nothing to do with what Dustin Poirier, the, the father and the husband, and the success has. It has, and and even a professional fighter has, with all those trophies and accomplishments and everything and, and plaques and everything else, it, it comes down to what you don't have right freaking now. And you would have to go back into this treacherous business, this, I don't have to tell you how difficult this business is. You'd have to go back into this very difficult business. Most people will never be able to understand how difficult it is on an emotional platform, a, a physical one, and, a, and a, a, a mental one, even a spiritual one. You'd have to go back like the guy would, you know, with holes in your clothes. That's a difficult thing to do. But I, I would believe that that's, that's what you're talking about right now. Yeah. Have you thought about that? Yeah, man. I, I just... Is it possible to do that? Any, anything I put my mind to I, I, is possible, I feel. Yeah, I do too. If, if, I'm, if, I'm, if I'm committed to it. If I'm 100% committed to it, I can do it. Would you be able to commit to that? Would you be yeah, able to... For sure, for sure I would be. Yeah. Well, that's what you would have to do. And if you do that, then then it's Dustin Poirier with all the abilities that you have, the striking the on the floor, on the mat, everything, and most important, your will. With all of that, that will be enough to come back and be the Dustin Poirier that would need to be in order to be successful at this point in your life in this business that's getting more difficult, not less difficult. Like right. you made a very point in point earlier. You said, "Well, you're out. Guys are getting better." Well, while we've well we've been talking, guys are getting better. You know, since you lost that fight, uh, guys are getting better. They're advancing, and that's that's what you're talking about at this point in your life. And um, I believe I know you can do it. Uh, it's just a matter: are you are you willing to do it? Are you prepared? Uh, for what it's really going to be. You know, s- sitting here saying, yes, I am, and lacing up my shoes and running every morning and getting in the gym and fighting every day are two different things. Uh, honestly, I-, I say yes and I feel yes, but I need to get in the gym. I need to I get a name on a paper. I need to feel those chemicals pumping through my brain and body, and then I'll be able to really answer this question. But sitting here, yeah, for sure. It doesn't seem like a, that's it's what I've been doing just have to do it in a mindset with the bank account on zero. The bank, the, the personal bank account, yeah. your bank account, what you've accomplished. 
who you've been, who you are. That, that's got to be on zero. Yeah. Because that's what you're fighting again for. Right. That's what you're fighting for again, is for the opportunity to, to, for yourself to be that, to be that, for yourself yeah. to be that. And how is yourself that before? By being on zero. Yeah. That's what made you. That's what allowed everything else to mean something. Otherwise, those other... Let me ask you a question. You went into camp. I, I, I understand things on a little different level than some people because, obviously, you know, I've been in a fight business my, my whole life, and besides fighting, my responsibility was to help somebody get through a fight. I know that camps don't go perfect. I know that you're the kind of human being that's one of the reasons I do text you because I admire the person you are because I think you're a decent person and you have somebody very decent right there. And that's exactly what I'm talking about. That's exactly what I'm talking about. You know how many times we're doing a show, my grandson wants to come, come on in, come on in. But that's what I'm talking about. The reason why I will take the time where it's not appreciation for your striking skills or your, your ability to even overcome. It's for the human being that I think you are. And I know you don't make excuses. So what I'm saying is obviously purely on me, but I know camps don't always go perfect. And some of the things that we're talking about now, they didn't necessarily just come after a loss, they could start creeping in a little bit. You know, water don't get in the house all at once. It's, you start seeing little signs of it. You know, the pipes don't bust all at once. You start to see some condensation on the pipes. You know, and you ignore it. You wipe it off with a towel and you say, hey, the pipe's fine. And then all of a sudden, little ways down the road, the pipe's not fine. I wonder if the pipe was showing me something back then. Um, you understand where I'm coming from, Dustin. For were, sure. the pipes, were the pipes showing condensation before camp and during camp? Did some things go wrong that if you didn't have a, a stubborn son of a gun like Teddy Atlas badgering you with a question, uh, would, would, you, would, you, would you say that maybe something wasn't quite what you would have wanted it to be. My goal with this last fight was to win, become the undisputed champion, and maybe walk away from the sport. So some people would say you had one foot out the door. Right. That's fair. But I, I didn't... No, no, I, I'm not saying you compromise yourself, obviously, in any conscious way. I, but we're not talking about conscious ways here. Or physical way, any effort, anything like that. I, I, well, no, no, no conscious way. Well, when I say conscious, like conscious is you're going to get up and do your own work. Uh, you're going to do all the things that you know you need to do, that list of things that you have to check every box yeah, before yeah. that plane takes off. You know, uh, the wings are right, the flaps are right, the, the fuel tank is right, the, the pilot's right, you know, all of that. You're, you're not going to get on the runway without that. So I know you're going to do all of that. But even with all of that, 
you would think about retirement. So was camp a little different? All right, I get right to it. Well, was there something a little off? That's a tough that's a tough question to answer. All right. No, it is. It is. Because when I look back at it, you know, I've had camps where I've thought to myself towards the end of camp, like, this is too much. Like, I, I'm going out here, I'm going to fight for my life, and I'm not fighting again. I've said that to myself before. Yeah. And going out and punish people, you know, it, it's this, this last camp, something that when I really think about it, that I, I've when I saw these other guys around me, uh, next to me in the training rooms, these young fighters, even, even you know, guys at a, high, at a very high level who've accomplished a lot, when I'm training with them and I, and I see how much they love this and how much they, because we, we can both be sweating with a different mindset, you know. I'm drenched in sweat just like you. We're both doing the same work, but you're doing it with a different mindset. Um, I, I see these guys and I just see the way they love and are wanting every bit of knowledge that they can get. And uh, they're asking questions and they're chasing the, the dream. I'm just wondering, um, did I stop doing that? You know, did I stop? Does the person next to me see me and think the same thing? Cause I can, I can feel and see the, these guys passion for, for what they're doing. You know, I, I just wonder if they see the same when I'm working. I thought about that this last camp. I, I understand that. And that's why I asked these questions. And obviously, um, in our own language, the way we're talking, you know, two people in the fight business, that's the form of condensation on the pipes. Yeah. But um, let me go right into the fight. I want to break the fight. Can I do that with you? Can I break it down with you? You always look going into a fight. You have a fight plan, A and B, C, whatever. And you look to put yourself in a position where you can best take advantage of your strengths and hopefully exploit his weaknesses and stay away from his strengths or, um, you know, avoid his strengths in a way that you can deal with his strengths, minimize his strengths, um, neutralize his strengths, um, and again, find ways to put yourself in a position where your advantages are, are best served. And that's pretty simple. That would be you striking for the most part, you know, for the most part. You're, you're pretty damn good on the map. We understand that. But for the most part, I mean, he's a Brazilian jiu-jitsu, you know, uh, expert. And, and out of, you know, I mean, he's, he's a guy who's earned that. He's a, he, I mean, that's, his, that's, that's his, his master's degree, if you will, uh, his PhD. And, and he's very similar to you. Both of you have taken that hard gravel road. Both of you are <laughs> very similar. You know, I said before the fight, you're both looking in a mirror. I don't know if you realize it, but you're both looking in a mirror. And that's very interesting that even as I say it now, that you're both looking in a mirror from the road that you travel, you know? But you both might see different things in that mirror, you know? Because he never quite got there. You got there. And because of that road, you both have similarities in your makeups, in your strengths, in your, in your will, in, your, in, in the ability to find a way, 
you found a way more often than he had. He was still trying. There were times where he, the, the tag on him was that when it came to it, he would maybe capitulate a little bit where you wouldn't. And, but for me, we all have the ghost that we have to chase out of the attic. That was the ghost he had to chase out of the attic. And that was, that was the thing that was still pushing him. That's what I mean by you having to go back to be broke. He was still broke. He hadn't quite proven that he had chased those out of the attic, those ghosts. And he was, until he did that, no matter what his accomplishments were, he was never going to be whole. He was never going to be who he needed to be. And he had, that was a powerful thing he had working for him. To, to, but you had already done it. And he had never done it, really, to that level, to, to prove to, to everybody that I don't give in anymore. You know that, that, that thing from the movie, uh, Goodfellas? I don't shine shoes no more. Maybe you haven't heard. I don't shine shoes no more. That was kind of him. And that's pretty powerful. And so I'm watching this fight. And from the physical point, it was easy for me. Dustin's got to stay on his feet. He's got to, you know, for the most part, as much as he can. And do the strike. First round, very good. I was going to say perfect, but very, very, very good. I mean, you heard him several times from the southpaw position with straight left hands. You even dropped him uh, with a right hook, uh, if, I, if my memory is serving me right. But when you were hurting him, the one thing that didn't happen, I've called you the best finisher, if not the best, one of the best finishers in the UFC. I don't call anybody anything unless I believe. I care about what I say. So unless I really believe that I can put that tag on, I don't do it. And you are. And you heard him. You didn't, you, that great asset wasn't used. You didn't finish him. And for me, the reasons why you didn't finish him is that when you dropped him with the right hook, you were aware of his abilities on the floor where you could be going into a trap if you got in too tight, too close, because of his, what we talked about, his jujitsu abilities. So you were, you were a little bit more controlled about finishing and going in there because of that. And that, that saved him. I thought right at that moment that you would have been served. And sometimes funny things happen. They just happen. And it's part of what's going to be the overall tale at the end. That if he didn't get dropped, you would have been better off. Because if he would have just staggered back, my feeling is you probably would have went after him and finished him. Oh, yeah. To be honest. Oh, yeah. For sure. For sure. But you didn't because of what I just said. You, you, it was a whole different situation because he went down. Where normally we think that as a positive. It was a negative. It was a negative for you. And it was a... It was a telling of the night to come that, that things were kind of on his side, you know, in, in that sort of way. 
in that kind of way that we have no control of, that we don't even know if it's true, but it just happened. And you go and you don't, you don't get to finish because of that. And then it felt to me like the momentum changed. Yeah, I, did, I didn't want to – when I did hurt him, I didn't want to engage in the grappling. My, my plan going in was to keep him kickboxing, keep him uncomfortable, not engage at all. And I think, you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty. Looking back at that, you know, I, I, I did get submitted, but I have good jiu-jitsu. I've been doing jiu-jitsu a long time. You know, I, I should have engaged and uh, threatened him with my jiu-jitsu as well um, instead of trying to stay away from it because I knew I would be able to hurt him on the feet. I didn't – it wasn't that I – didn't believe in my jiu-jitsu. I, I do believe in it. I just didn't want to play jiu-jitsu at all. It was like I just put a block on that completely. That was my plan going into this fight. But it's it's not a kickboxing match. It's a it's a mixed martial arts fight. And I should have I shouldn't like suppress any of my my abilities. You know, I I should fight the full fight. And that's what I usually do. But this fight I just wanted to like in the second round when I was on bottom, I wanted to tie we were only going to kickbox. I wasn't going to give him an inch to play. You know, um, I think I should have had a different mindset going in. I saw you switch from Southpaw. To, obviously, your stance is Southpaw. Your dominant stance is Southpaw. I saw you switch a little bit in the first round. Mm-hmm. I had never really seen you. Maybe, maybe I just missed it. I had never really seen you switch that much before. It made me think, is he making this too complicated? I, with the stance switching, I do switch a lot. Uh, that's something I, I do, and I don't even I don't even think about that. That's just yeah. from from so many repetitions. But the the overthinking part, uh, looking back, I think uh, you know I didn't throw any I didn't throw one kick in this fight. That was another weapon I took away because I didn't want to get him. I didn't want him to catch a kick and trip me up and end up getting on top of me on the mat. So I took away another one of my weapons. And in this game, your hands and feet. They're best friends. If I was kicking, it would have opened up punches. When I'm punching, it opened up kicks. And vice, you know, it. I took away a lot of my my abilities by limiting myself to to trying to knock this guy out, trying to beat him up on the feet with 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 boxing. Yeah. Do you wish you didn't drop him with that right hook? No, no, no. Because for me, again, I, if you stagger him, if you stagger him, or put it this way. I guess you answered it already. For me, it would have been better if you just staggered him because then you could have went in without thoughts about the engaging, in, you know, in the jiu-jitsu part, and you could have yeah. done what you do so well, finished him with the striking. But that option was taken away. Now you would have had to commit to the jiu-jitsu. So I guess the question is, and you answered it, when you did drop him, you wish you committed to the jiu-jitsu then. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so in that way, you overthought it, maybe. For sure. And even on the feet, you know, I, I think I would have had even more success if I would have used my kicks. Yeah. Well, he mixed in the one. But I didn't want to get tripped up. Did his game plan of mixing in knees work, obviously, to help him to his advantage where it slowed you down a little? The big thing nobody really has asked me about that I think was was one of the biggest things in, in the fight on the feet the knees, maybe they, they might have slowed my, my cardio down a little bit, but nothing hit me that I noticed. Nothing hurt me in the moment. Not even in the body? Not, you Not know, even in the body? No, no, no. You know, um, and I would acknowledge if it did. I, nothing yeah, nothing got my attention. Um, 
but I think what people aren't talking about or what, what I need to address with myself is I think of the, even in the first round when I was having success, I would have had more success if it wasn't for his clinch, his Muay Thai clinch, him grabbing my head and stopping my body, you know, not allowing me to rip off body shots and rip off combinations, you know, and do what I wanted to do with my boxing. He, he, he stopped me from doing what I wanted to do with his clinch. Not so much the knees. The knees didn't hurt me. Just my momentum of getting my rhythm going, breaking it up with his clinch, his clinch work. Yeah. Did, was any thought when he had mounted you, and excuse my ignorance in this area. It, my, so Mount, Mount would be him uh, fully on top of me with me on my back. Or, or I guess he, he had like a back mount. I guess you can call it a back mount. When he, when he, he, took, he took my back. This is, the Teddy Atlas. this is the Teddy Atlas real, you know, caveman of, uh, explanation of trying to explain uh, your art of the stuff that you guys do on the floor, which takes years to develop and years to understand. And uh, here's, here's the caveman, Teddy Atlas, coming in and just, just using crayons. Uh, I, I don't I don't say that, but I mean, I'm, maybe some people would say it. I, I don't think it's wrong. It was he he. He took my back standing when he got to that position where he had obviously you in a compromised way, a position you didn't want to be in. Of course. Was there is there a way out? I want to learn what is flipping back onto your back, literally going onto your back. Was that was that a possible out? It would have been better for me. Like we talk in hindsight, 2020, I, sh I probably should have went to the mat and I could have used the ground as leverage to start getting my back to the, to the canvas, trying to create some more pressure. Or he could have slipped it under my neck and choked me out. You know, that's why I don't try to beat myself up because I can always look back and say I should have, would have, could have. But technically, I think if I would have put my back, put him on his back, while he's on mine and then started angling off to use the canvas as a pride to, to break his grip with his legs. And, and along with two on one, continue fighting his choking hand. Uh, a lot, a lot of things are going on in, in those, you know, scrambles and in those positions. Yeah, of course. I, I'm going to, I know that Ken has a whole bunch of questions, you know, Ken, Ken's become a big shot now, you know, he, he, I barely can get him on the phone anymore. <laughs> um, you know, I, he he's got a he's got his uh, his website where you know he's got his following, and um, and he went out there and he did the right thing. He asked the fans what questions they would want to ask you. So I know he's he's got some of them, um, but I I just give it to him all for this. With everything we just touched on, I appreciate as always your honesty. What do you? What are you going to do? I'm going to go to the gym at 7 p.m. <laughs> so you, you're, you're coming back and you're going to figure out who it's going to be. Obviously, that can be figured out. Um, any yeah. idea? Any idea at all? Uh, I got, I, honestly, I, uh, another thing that kind of got that, that flame going is uh, a couple of days ago, I got a phone call. Um, but I can't, I can't talk about it yet. I got it. It's, it's a very short notice thing. Um, something I would hate to do is stack things against myself and take a fight on short notice. But uh, 
we'll see what happens, man. I don't want to give too much because I don't know what I can say. Yeah, no, I, I understand. But, but- uh, no, 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 no contract has been signed yet. But but if this does go through, I'm going to take it. Yeah. You know, my thoughts were, tell me if I'm, if I'm like in Siberia or if I'm close to uh, the, somewhere a little closer. Um, a little uh, Tell me where I am. I was thinking that both of you coming off losses. This might be the time for a fourth fight with McGregor. Am I in Siberia with that one? Yeah, yeah. Okay, it's okay. <laughs> And this will be a short notice thing. I think he's still healing up. He's not ready to compete. No, this will no, be like super short notice. Yeah, like I need to go just, run. <laughs> right now, go, that's our short notice. Yeah. Well, would you allow yourself to do that? Obviously, you're yeah. thinking about it. Yeah. No, I, I already I already looked myself in the mirror. I spoke to my wife and my boxing coach. Um, people I talk to regularly. I talked to Mike Brown as well. And the question was uh, – they, they're behind me if I decide to take to take this fight, but I need to look in the mirror and ask myself, do I want to take this fight? And I did. I did exactly that. I looked in the mirror, and I just felt good. I I I, I want to do it. Is it enough time for you? For, because you know, you know the answer. Is it enough time for you to physically do what you have to do? You know, without being a compromised camp, and for you. You might not know this answer to you there to mentally um, be where you need to be. I might not know it till I'm there, like you said. But the, but the 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 craziness and the possibility of being triumphant that excites me, and that's what I, I want to do. It, you know. Yeah. The 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 reward. The pressure. The the uncomfortable. The it might be what you need. In a crazy way. It's like a sprint and a dash, and it, 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 it's, it gets me excited thinking about it and talking about it with you. So it might be what you need. It might, that might be where normally it might not be. That might right. be what you need. Normally I would say no because I need, I need eight weeks, ten weeks. Will it excite us? Will it excite everything? We're, we're your friends. We're behind you. But will it excite the fans? Oh, my God, yeah. Yeah. You got <laughs> wait, don't go there. Ken, hold off. Hold off for a minute, Ken. Hold those questions. They're they're irrelevant. It's now. a it'll be a barn burner. I'll announce it right now. Uh <laughs> Dustin Poirier will be fighting Nate Diaz. This is the early announcement. I know it's coming. Um so flashback to this. Be and- Nate Diaz, otherwise you just blew. You just you there will never be a UFC <laughs> fight allowed on our show again. <laughs> This is pure speculation, hey, look, but I'm betting look, all my money that it's Nate I, Diaz. I, I don't, I don't owe these guys nothing, man. I'm not biting my tongue. It is Nate Diaz, and, I told and just you. like he got on Twitter, listen, just like he got on Twitter. I'm not going to say what card. I'm not going to say a date or whatever. But he got on Twitter talking. You know, everybody's, everybody's a tough guy, and this guy really fights, and I'm a fan of him. But everybody's a tough guy on the internet. He said something like, "Let's do it." I said, "Okay." I said, "I'll fight you this month." I don't know if you saw that, Ken. I said, yeah, sure. I'll, yeah, I'll, no, I'll no, really no. I, this Ken sees everything. you got to understand. <laughs> this, I've made this guy into a monster. <laughs> he, he reads everything. Dustin, forget about it. Your, your camps are, are shorter than the amount of time he puts into reading these things. He, <laughs> he, he reads every one of them. And unfortunately, he takes some of them personally, which I've told him he shouldn't take personally. 
But um, wow, that that is a big one. I mean, that is holy cow. That that is wow. Now, how much time do you have? How much time do you have? I, I can't tell you that, <laughs> but not a lot. Because because fans are too good. They're going to know exactly what card. Ken, and what, Ken, you know, Ken. I don't want to get that far. Ken, yeah, Ken knows the answer. Ken, knows it. <laughs> Ken how long do you got? Ken, you're the man now. Less than, less than six weeks. Look, no, oh, yeah, yeah, less than six weeks for sure. But I said yes. Now we're waiting on him. He'll, he's going to say yes. This is a big yeah, fight. You know, wow, this, that is a huge one, a huge one. And um, you know what, Ken? We got to go. We got to let him start training. <laughs> <laughs> we, we love Dustin. We got to let him start training. <laughs> and listen, if, if I get a call from the UFC when this thing goes live, or I get a call from my agency, my management, and they say, I'm going to say, dude, I was, it was an interrogation. It was an interrogation. It, it was. You, have you ever been on a freaking interview with freaking Teddy Atlas? I mean, that, <laughs> I mean, come on. The, the guy the guy doesn't give you any space to breathe. I'll just say, I'll just say this, uh, honest to God. I had no idea it was Nate Diaz, but when you said you got to start running, I know he's been talking. You guys have been talking to each other, and you just said, I've been talking to my boxing coach. You're not going to be talking to your jiu-jitsu coach if you're fighting Nate Diaz, right? Not because he's not awesome at jiu-jitsu. You both are. But if you're talking to your boxing coach, tells me you're getting ready for a boxing match. That's the fight that's been going on. So just so everyone knows, I didn't blow the UFC's like announcement. I just know when you started talking like that, it was obvious to me that it's Nate Diaz. That's that. That's a fight that I would think you would get motivated for. I know he's motivated for it. Listen, I'm a fan of I'm a fan of Nate as well. I know you guys have a beef, and you know, obviously, our relationship with you. I consider you one of our very good friends, and uh, that's a fight that I could see making a lot of noise and getting a lot of pay per view buys. So it would make a lot of sense from the fans' perspective. I don't think it's a weight you're gonna have to cut weight for, right? A, a fight you're gonna have to cut weight. No, I'd go up. I'd go up to 170. I can make that tomorrow. Have you fought at 170 before, uh, Dustin? I fought in 170 in 2007. Okay. Okay. Once. That's a, yeah, that's a long time ago. Wow. Um, and, and what fight was that? How how'd you – I mean, that's a long time ago. Your body has changed since then. I, not, I, not, I knocked the guy out uh, first round. Yeah, yeah. But the, the key for me with this would be just getting the condition you got to get in. Don't worry about the weight. You know what I mean? No, the weight's not even a problem. The weight's yeah. not even a problem. Yeah. 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 Wow. But nothing's nothing's been signed. I just agreed on my I agreed to it on my side. But nothing's been signed. Nothing's official. Well, it's a it's an intriguing it's an intriguing fight for a lot of reasons. Styles, who you guys are, what you bring, what you have brought. Obviously, the the, the sidebar stuff going on between you. Um, the time now in both your lives, in your life, especially, it makes it intriguing. It really does, you know, and um, this is the challenge that Dustin Poirier probably needs at this point in your life with all the things you've gained. We're not hiding from anything. We've been talking about this for the last, you know, 50 minutes we've been talking or whatever it's been. With all the things you gain, this is the, this is the threat you need probably. Yeah. I've been too comfortable. I need to be uncomfortable. And that's the word. I picked that word for a reason. If you're going to do this, you need to be threatened. And nobody 
that I can think of right now that would be a better threat than a man named Nate Diaz. Let's go. Let's go, baby. Let's go. Wow. This is uh is that is that Dana White on your on your on your red line there? <laughs> He's texted me like six times and says, if that goes live before we announce it, you're getting a punch in the face. <laughs> I said, all right, you I'm and I'll be on the undercard. Tell, tell Dana, listen, I'm going to get you in the gym before that. All I need is a week, one week, <laughs> and I get you slipping the punch pretty good. The other side, I'm not positive. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. That's, a, that's the way to do it. That's the way to do an interview. To, to, <laughs> that's the way to do an interview. Wow. Dude, I, I haven't told anybody about this. I don't even know. I might get in trouble. I haven't even told my mother or my, I mean, my wife knows. <laughs> <laughs> well, no better place to announce it than on your own podcast. Like I've always said, you're the third member of our broadcast <laughs> team. So thank you for announcing it here. Ariel Hawani, I knew we'd get you one of these days. We got you this time. Oh, man. Um, no, that's yeah. exciting. Well, actually, that's one of the questions that I got um, when I asked people on Instagram what they'd like to ask you. And Al Lavicious, good friend of the show, asked, have you spent any time sparring with any uh, professional boxers? Anyone we might know? Um, how, how much time do you spend like just boxing versus like MMA boxing with kickboxing? I don't do it often, but um, one that stands out is whenever Chris Algieri was getting ready to fight Spence. We were working out in the same uh, boxing gym in South Florida, and uh, he wanted some southpaw rounds, and I got to move around with him a few times. And, uh, you know, that gave me another appreciation of how, how boxers move and attack the body and put combinations together. It's a different rhythm and a different cadence than mixed martial artists fight. Yeah, one of the guys the precision, that... The precision and, the precision and balance... And uh, angles are, are a lot a lot different. Yeah. Can I give you? Can I throw another tip at you, if uh, you don't mind my just trying to throw something at you that maybe in a small, minuscule way can be helpful? Of course, I'm sure it's more than two cents, Teddy. <laughs> I I I hope so. I always mean it to be. I always mean it to be. Um, you're a terrific striker. You're a terrific finisher. Blah 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 blah. Um, sometimes you could be set more. You get yourself out of position with wasted motion of your legs and your hands. Mm. That for normal people it wouldn't mean nothing. You're not normal. You're at the elite. You're at the elite of the elite. There's no room for anything wasted. Because that gives the other guy a little chance maybe to get in when you're not set. That millisecond, that millisecond, yeah. it means something where it didn't mean something before. That makes sense? Of course. Where you're jiggling a little bit and you don't realize it. You don't realize it. One of the things that can help you is videotape it when you're shadow boxing, videotape it when you're sparring, videotape it when you're when you're in the ring and obviously look at it after I just said it, look at the fight, look at it in that way instead of overlooking it and seeing the bigger things because those little things become big things. 
Yeah. And where you're just jiggling like, and, and just that instead of being just, I don't mean stiff. I know you want to be loose, but ready. Just be more set. Wait on the balls of your feet. Just, just ready here. Engaged. Just engaged. Engaged. Where instead of just a little, because that little bit, boom, the, the guy gets the drop on you. And you mm-hmm. wonder why he got in there. Because you were doing this instead of bah, just being ready to fire, engaged, ready, yeah. fingers on the on the trigger, instead of the gun just in your hand. So that's just a little thing, but it's a big thing for me. Mm-hmm. And because um, we look for these little advantages when we're at this level, just a little, and and they become important. They become important. Yeah. And I, I watch it fights back. I, I see my things and I'm like, why did, I, why did I do that? You know, in the moment, you're just you're fighting. You allowed but, yourself to do it. Yeah. That's why. Don't allow yourself. Train yourself not to do it. Right. That's why we're human. We allow ourselves to do things that aren't always necessarily the most productive things for ourselves. I can see in the Nate Diaz, you two tough guys where two strikers where he wastes motion by whoever wastes less motion is going to have a little advantage to get into a space that you get an opportunity. One guy gets an opportunity to get into that space before the other. Yeah. That's my two and a half cents to my <laughs> friend. You know, in thinking about sparring partners for you, I think about the guy, he's a little bit smaller than you, but the guy behind me on the wall, the other raging Cajun, um, Regis Progray, I think of him as a very slick boxer. He's, like I said, he's, a little, he's obviously a lot shorter than Nate, but he probably walks around at 155, 160. And um, I think of him as a very, very slick boxer amongst the best in the world. I mean, he lost a split decision for all the belts to Josh Taylor, but that's a guy that I know really likes you and is down there in your area. If you needed someone to work with, I could see you guys getting good work together. Very slick. Yeah, I'd love to work with him, man. I think he's, is he in Texas? Uh, he, yeah, he has a house in Texas, but I think he's, I think he spends a lot of time though still in New Orleans and Louisiana in general. Yeah, I, uh, I saw, I saw on his Instagram, he was at New Orleans Boxing Club not too long ago. Yeah, and he's got his own boxing gym now in Houston on his house. You know, he bought a house with a, like, big facility in the back, and he put in a whole boxing gym. It looks beautiful. Awesome, man. But you know what you need for sparring? I mean, there's nothing wrong with a suggestion like Ken just made, but when I look at it, I look for specifics. And I would look for, in this case, a guy with long arms. That's what I would look for. Because... I want an awkward guy, an unorthodox guy, a guy who would do things that you wouldn't expect done, a guy that sometimes gives the look of being sloppy, even though he's not sloppy. A guy, he's unorthodox. He's, he's a guy that is just awkward. And as I said, does things from, that you wouldn't think a guy's in position to do. Like he, he'll throw a punch when he's not in position instead of waiting till he's in position. Yeah. And, and he'll do it in an awkward, dangling way with long arms. Because you got to know where his reach. When you fight long arm guys, that's one of the things I make sure my fighters are aware of. 
where it starts, where it ends, where that reach, where that danger zone really is. Because it's, it's at a place that it's not with other guys. It's at a place that the danger zone exists probably with a guy like Diaz another four to five inches further out than it would with the conventional guy. And that's what you got to get used to. Understanding that length, understanding that no man's land, that, that the beginning and end of that danger zone, where it is. And so I would look for long arm guys, you know, um, and awkward guys, right. you know, the other thing I would add is when, when, when we were in camp with Alex Vosdick, Dustin, um, one of the things that Teddy would drill with the sparring partners is we would watch fi film of the opponent and then make sure that the sparring partners recognized that they were there purely to serve our fighter and to yeah, emulate course. the exact style of the other fighter, even if it meant they would get touched and t having Teddy there obviously would protect the sparring partner. The, our guy's not going to knock the guy out because he they... They're fighting a style that might not be theirs, but we're trying to get the look and feel of the opponent, not for the sparring partner to get better. So, and that was like a big part of the training is making sure that the sparring partners knew what their role was. And in exchange, they'd get better and get to work with the world champion. Yeah. So I wonder if that's something you guys talk about and think about when you're preparing and entering into camp. Do you bring yeah, in guys with do. a specific task? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're there to work for you. They're there you know, obviously to um, oblige you, to get you ready for a very specific style. That's their job. They can go right. back to their style um, when they're finished camp. But during that camp, they have an obligation to do as much as possible to, you know, obviously imitate the style of the guy you're fighting. They're not going to do it perfect because let's be honest. We talk about being a human being when push comes to shove and they're pushed and they got to, <laughs> they got to deal with you and then they got to survive. They're going to do what they do best and what they're most comfortable with. We understand of that. Of course. Yeah, that's yeah, why you yeah. go out. That's why you go out trying to get a style already of a guy as close as possible. That's what we do. And I'm sure you guys would do a great job with that. Wow. This is uh you gotta go run, brother. I do. You, you gotta, I do. You, you gotta run. You gotta run. You gotta, you gotta get in that gym. Thank you, Dustin. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. No, thank you for being who you are. You've you've done real well, and you deserve to do real well in the last short period of time, couple of years. And but yet you're a guy who doesn't want to. You don't want to walk away where you're full in one area and empty in another. Um, yeah. That's a tribute to the human being you are, you know, and you're thinking about more than yourself. You're thinking about your daughter. You're thinking about, you know, what you're going to be able to tell her down the road in this journey of life, where undoubtedly there's going to be a question somewhere in her life where she's going to be in a situation where, you know, it's going to be a, a important point, a turning point maybe, but an important point in her life where she's going to have some doubt about it, about what to do. And um, you're, you're going to be in a position to give her the right answer uh, because you're searching for those answers right now. 
and you're searching them for yourself and for her. And I appreciate that. I know that's a little deep, but it's okay. I, I, I appreciate that in you as a person because that's risky because where you're going is risky. I know people say, Teddy, what are you talking about? He's going to get paid good against Nate Diaz. He's already been paid good and he, and he earned the right to be paid good. Um, and he's, he doesn't have to, but he's doing this not because of that. He's doing this because of the things we're talking about. And um, I just appreciate that in you. That's all. Thanks, man. Yeah, that's that's powerful, too, when I look at it that way. I, I, I'm not doing this because I have to. I'm doing this because I get to. You know, that's that's where the power's at. And I want to. Yeah. And um, you know what behind you? And um, our thoughts, everything, our wishes, everything. And I just hope the hell Ken didn't blow this for you. Um, well, it's not official yet. It's, no contracts I'm have been signed. Around, so I'm we, around. If that, if that I'm probably going to get in trouble. Yeah. Happen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I hope it didn't. Blow. Blame it on me anyway, because, um, you know, I just, Teddy, Teddy wouldn't leave you alone. Just wouldn't leave you alone. He kept saying, are you fighting? Who are you fighting? What are you doing? And then, of course, uh, you know, Ken had been watching some of those old Johnny Carson shows recently where, you know, what was the name of that guy? Um, the Mason Creskin or whatever. Johnny Carson had another guy with the, he would put that big uh, hat on. And um, I forget I forget what that guy's name was. Karnak, Karnak the, Mag- the Magnificent. Ma- there Karnak he is, the Magnificent. Karnak the Magnificent. Thanks he to was, Rob. <laughs> that was the guy. Thank you, Rob. Karnak the Magnificent. I wish you had that headdress you could put on right now um, just to throw it on just for special effect. Listen, <laughs> I'll get Dustin, one for the next show. Thank you again. And um, thank you for your time. Thank you for your honesty. Thanks, man. Thank, thank both of you guys. Thanks for reaching out to Teddy after the, after the fight. And uh, hope you and your family heal up and, and get back to moving, man. We will. We will, Dustin. And the best, give the best to your family. Thank you. Well, I can't help you with the sparring. I'll be down uh, by the end of the week to start running with you. We'll get this. We'll get that fitness right Let's on track. Let's <laughs> Let's hit the road, man. Listen, good luck with everything. I hope you get the fight. I hope it goes through. Wish you the best in the fight. And uh, happy new year to you. Happy new year to all the listeners. Thanks for being with us. You're the reason we do this show. Thanks to guys like Dustin for um, keeping it entertaining all the time. Again, happy new year, everyone. And... Uh, We'll be back next week with the official announcement, Dustin Poirier and ATS. Let's go.